Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. I'm Michael Rockless along with my co-host Nick O'Connor and our producer Will Harden. Today we're going to preview the MLB season which starts on Thursday as well as talk about some of the moves made by the Rams and also the Final Four and then we're going to talk about what makes a successful season for a team in sports. Make sure you listen to this at 1.5 times speed. Hit it! All right, it's good to be back, and let's jump right into it, talk about the uh, big event coming up this weekend. That is the Final Four. The first game will be Loyola-Chicago, the Cinderella of the tournament against the Michigan Wolverines, and then on the other side, the two one-seeds, Villanova and Kansas. Nick, what were your thoughts from the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight? And then we'll get into uh, previewing the Final Four and the championship game. Yeah, for me, I thought the most impressive team um, coming into the Final Four uh, is that Kansas team. I thought they had a very strong performance. Um, you know, Newman obviously stepped up, had that big game, but just around him, they have the players to be able to compete with Villanova. And although Villanova is the heavy favorite, I think right now to win the title, um, I think that's going to be a really close game versus them in Kansas. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, but as always, it was, you know, amazing to watch Loyola continue their streak, um, make it to the Final Four. Um, the Cinderella story keeps on going. Um, we'll see what they can do about Michigan. I don't think Michigan's that strong of a team. I don't think that's that out of the question that they can win. Um, that'd be amazing if they can make it into the finals. Yeah, I agree. Um, pretty good weekend uh, of basketball going that let, leading into the uh, Final Four. Obviously, like you hit upon Loyola, pretty much the story of the tournament so far. Michigan played very well against Texas A&M and was able to hold off Florida State. Uh, Villanova kind of ran through their bracket. I would disagree with you on where you said Kansas was the best team. I think it's Villanova coming in. Obviously, Kansas with the more impressive win beating Duke, which uh, I think it's fair to say is the game of the tournament so far. It goes to overtime. A lot of suspense there. Um, and like you said, I do think Kansas looks really good. Malik Newman, who you mentioned, playing very well. They have Makai Luke, Devontae Graham, um, Azabuke. So they have a lot of good players uh, on their team and very deserving of the Final Four spot. Uh, but to me, Villanova, um, who they were able to beat West Virginia and Texas Tech, um, to me, they're the team to beat as we head into uh, this weekend. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were. You mentioned that you thought Loyola could beat Michigan. I tend to agree with you. I, I think Loyola, um, all, a lot of seniors and juniors on that team run a very um, sophisticated offense, play very strong defense, um, and, and they've played well throughout the tournament, whereas I think Michigan has struggled a little bit those first two games um, against Montana and then Houston. Uh, sluggish starts, could have lost to Houston very easily, um, and then they kind of found their rhythm last weekend. Uh, but no, I'm really looking forward to this weekend um, and think that we can get some really good basketball. Yeah, no, Loyola runs that offense that we've seen with other teams that just perhaps don't have those athletes and in the sense that Every single time someone gets the ball, they already have an advantage on their defender. That's the tactic of their offense, and that's the tactic that you need when you don't have right any NBA talent, any of those top-tier athletes. Um, but the thing is, is that you know they've been able to perform well this far. I think what we've seen in the past with these lower seeds that make it this far is that they just fall flat when they come up to this big talent like Michigan. Um, loyal to the whole thing is they haven't really been tested right. in the sense that, that they haven't had that strong schedule. Um, so I think when they play a strong team like Michigan... Um, I think it could, could go two ways. Either it's a close game or they could get um, blown out. Yeah, that is the one caveat with uh, Loyola is, you know, as an 11 seed, um, 
they really didn't have a tough path. You know, you would think that, you know, there's potential to face a two seed or a one seed or even a four or five seed in there. Um, None of that happened. They, you know, they beat the six seed Miami. They beat Tennessee, both those games. Tennessee was the three seed, both those games on buzzer beaters. They faced a Nevada team um, who needed two huge comebacks in the second half. They beat them, holding them off. And then they faced a nine seed Kansas State, who I think if Kansas State had made the final four would be one of the the least remarkable final four runs um, that I had ever seen in my entire life. Um, so, no, they have not been tested. Michigan will definitely be the best team they face so far. And if they were to beat Michigan, without a doubt, the best team they would have faced so far would be the winner of that Kansas-Villanova game. So we'll see if they're able to, you know, a week off, if they're able to carry that momentum forward um, and and see if they can perform well. Uh, but let's talk about that Villanova and Kansas game because that's definitely – you would think that is the marquee game of the weekend of all three games. Uh because they're both one seeds and they both are so deep with rosters um, that they're playing really well. Villanova, as I said, ran through their region. Kansas knocked off a Duke team who was, you know, arguably the most talented in the country. So you're looking at two very legitimate, bona fide one seeds here. And this is a really great Final Four matchup. I don't know. To me, I just think Villanova has more better players in a matchup of a lot of really good players. Um, so I think they're going to come away with this game. And I also think that I trust Jay Wright and I trust Jalen Brunson more than I trust, you know, Bill Self, who coached a very good game against Duke uh, and uh, Devontae Graham. But I don't know where you fall on this game. You think Kansas is the best team going in. Do you think they're going to beat Villanova? Um, I don't know if they're, I said, I said, I just think that perhaps, you know, Villanova being, um, you know, the heavy favorites to win, I think perhaps is a little overrated. I just don't think Kansas is getting enough credit. I'm not necessarily sure if they're going to win. Um, I think my criticism of Kansas is that in the past, Bill Self hasn't performed in the tournament and that is a little worrisome. Um, he hasn't made it to that next step. Um, so we will see, but, um, for me, I think what's interesting about Kansas is that they just have a lot of talent and a lot of players that can step up and score those big buckets. Um, you know, it was Newman or it was McCallum on defense um, or, you know, the other players that they have. So um, for them, it'll just be interesting to see how they match up with Villanova. I think the coaching advantage goes towards Villanova, um, but I expect it to be a close game. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting parallel, I think, between Kansas and Villanova. Both of uh, Jay Wright and Bill Self have won championships. Bill Self won, uh, there's like 2008, the Derrick Rose, Mario Chalmers championship against Memphis um, when Chalmers hit that shot to send into overtime. And then Villanova won, you know, on the buzzer beater uh, only a couple years ago against North Carolina. But both have traditionally been prone to somewhat early exits, but also, you know, you consistently see them as top seeds in the tournament. Um, but, I mean, I think we're both agreeing that we, we trust Villanova uh, maybe a little bit more and Jay Wright a little bit more in this game. Um, and I think Villanova, obviously, they were behind UVA for the majority of the second half of the season in the rankings, but it's clear watching them in the tournament that they, I, I just think they're simply more talented, deeper, um, better brand of basketball for the tournament than just about anyone else. Um, and I really like their odds to come away with their second title in three years. And an interesting note about the Kansas Villanova matchup against the Michigan Loyola matchup is that Villanova is a is about as big of a favorite around five points as Michigan is uh, is also around five points. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting to see that you know they think Villanova essentially has the same chance to win as 
as Michigan when you know Michigan's facing an 11 seed and Villanova's facing another number one seed. Yeah, no, I think in I think Kansas has gone into that tournament. They always had that criticism that I think a lot of people had them exiting early, and you know I think in a lot of brackets we know of the people that I asked. Um, no one really had Kansas going all the way or going very far. Um, and I feel like that's every year. I think that's just because in the past, right, they've had those early exits. Um, but for me, I, I just think that this Kansas team is a little underrated. Um, I think they have a lot of talent. Um, and I think that they're playing really well as a team and they're coming on hot. And that's exactly the ingredients that you need to to be able to win the tournament. Yeah. All right. So let's wrap it up. Last predictions here. Uh, Will, who do you think is going to be playing in and winning the championship come Monday night? I think it's going to be Kansas. I like the uh, senior leadership of Devontae Graham, and I just think the Kansas team, they shoot the three ball really well. Villanova has been to this tournament, so I think that I think whoever wins that game will ultimately be the champion. And who are they beating in the championship? I mean, i got to think it's going to be Michigan, but, I mean, Loyola Chicago's proved me wrong every time, so I think this time I'm going to have to pick them. Okay, another Big 12 bias coming in from Will. Remember, he picked West Virginia to beat Villanova, which did not happen. That, he also had, I think, West Virginia winning the tournament when we, when we, when we asked this one last time. So, so, yeah, so maybe you want to cross Kansas off uh, your, your list right there. All right, Nick, who do you like? Um, I'm going to give the edge to Villanova here. Um, I think that, overall, I think that, they're just, you know, again, the better team like what we just talked about. Um, I think on the other side, I think Michigan's going to get into the finals, um, and I think Villanova's going to go all the way. Yeah, I think we'll make it. Uh, me and you both will agree on Villanova. I do like uh, Loyola to get in. Um, just something about that team. I don't think I trust Michigan uh, to necessarily come out and play a fantastic game. I think Loyola is that rare, rare low-seeded team that's capable of, of getting to that championship game where they will run into uh, a team that is just extremely more talented that might blow the doors off them. But yeah, so I have Villanova over Loyola. All right, that will wrap it up for our March Madness talk for this week. We'll probably be talking about the uh, the recap of the championship game in Final Four when we uh, come back next week. But let's transition into some quick NFL talks. Uh, the owners meeting is this week. I believe it's in Orlando, uh, but we just wanted to really quickly talk about one team that's making a lot of noise right now. Uh, some really good moves over there, seemingly really good moves over the offseason. That's going to be the Los Angeles Rams, who obviously have added through trades and signings, Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, and then Ndamukong Sue this week. Are the Rams the best team in the NFL right now? Um, I don't even know if they're the best team that, you know, uh, <sighs> I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. I think for me, what they lack is that QB position, and that's kind of what separates them. It's puts them to knock down. Jared Goff just isn't at that elite position. I mean, they are absolutely stacked on defense. I will think with Wade Phillips at defense. Yeah, with Wade Phillips, I think they are you know are going to have a top two defense, if not the number one defense. Um, I think it's going to you know come down to let's say if they can get like an OBJ or a playmaker, another playmaker on offense. I think that could set them apart, but. For me right now, I just don't think they have that talent level um, at QB. Yeah, I, I think the Rams are really scary. Um, you look at their defense, like you said, great defensive coordinator. You have Aaron Donald, who's the best defensive player in the NFL, with Ndamukin Sue. That is absolute, I mean, that's scary. Uh, plus, you have one of the best secondaries in the NFL with Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. Um, I might be forgetting one of the other guys that they have out there, too. Uh, maybe LaMarcus Joyner, I think he still might be on their team. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball. Uh, where you have one of the best coaches in the NFL offensively in Sean McVay, who's their head coach. Um, and then you have Todd Gurley, who's one of the best running backs in the NFL. You have Andrew Whitworth at left tackle, who's very solid. Um, and then special teams, great kicker, great punter. They performed very well in special teams last year. And then, of course, it all comes back to Jared Goff. Uh, and are, is he going to be able to put them over the hump? 
I think we've seen in the past with with NFL teams that are elite basically everywhere besides quarterback, you can get a lot of things done. Um, it is hard to win the Super Bowl that way without historic levels of you know defense. Yes, it is, but I still think Jared Goff in Sean McVay's system could prove to be a very solid quarterback, and I think the Rams obviously are going to be a favorite going into next season, but they're definitely going to be a very exciting team and definitely a team to look out for um, throughout the whole season. They're going to be dynamite. No, I agree. I think they're perhaps just a notch down. I think Eagles are still the favorites. Um, I still think that Eagles just have the whole talent level on offense and defense um, to be that best team and be the favorites going to next year. And I mean, for me, I might be a little biased, but I think the Saints have a lot of potential. I think they're going to be really, really good next year. Um, just another level uh, or another year of just playing with this same team um, and getting all those pieces worked out. Um, so I'm really excited, looking forward to them. But I agree, the, the Rams are going to have a dynamite season. Yeah, no, I, I can kind of echo uh, what you say. I think, I think the NFC, and I think we've talked about this before, is the NFC is just overpowering relative to the, uh, to the AFC. I mean, obviously you have the Patriots, who did lose a lot of guys, uh, but they're still the Patriots, and you expect Tom Brady and them to be basically right back getting a bye and probably in the Super Bowl. Um, but in the NFC side, love the Rams. Uh, the Eagles, Carson Wentz is going to be coming back. He looks really good um, going through his rehab right now. They should be really good again. Um, you have the Saints, the Vikings, Aaron Rodgers coming back. I mean, you just can go, and we've talked about this, you go down the list in the NFC, and it takes you a long time before you go to a team where you're like, that's not a good team. And it's even those lower teams that are scary, like the Niners. Or the you know, Bucks, or the even. Bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you have like a rebuilding Browns. Let's say they get you know some really good players in the draft and can rebuild. Like there's a lot of scary I'm sorry, the Browns are in the AFC. Yeah. But um, you know, you have some teams in the NFC that are just in that rebuilding mode that are scary and have a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, you think about the NFC, uh, and one of the bottom twenty five percent teams, one of the bottom four teams in the league might be the Lions who, you know, maybe it's not, maybe the Lions are, like, in that that third tier of, like, in the, the 9 to 12 range, but their quarterback is Matt Stafford, who throws for 5,000 yards and makes the Pro Bowl, cons- and he's, like, a very good quarterback. It's just crazy the depth that's in that conference. Uh, I mean, it's looking like the Rams, and there's just a whole group of teams that's looking like a great, a great matchup for a great year of football. So, just wanted to update on that as the Rams have made some really exciting moves, and like you alluded to, um, Odell Beckham might be on the block, um, it's been said the Rams' 23rd overall pick is available for Odell Beckham. Uh, that would be wild if they added him to to their team. You always got to be careful about the the dream team scenario. The Eagles have failed at that a couple times, um, but I mean, it looks like this team is going to be is going to be really fun to watch and really good. With the Rams' current roster, um, you know, and looking at everyone else in the NFC, who do you have winning the NFC Championship as of right now, next year? Yeah, it's way too. I think mean, it's, it's it's a little early. You haven't had the draft yet. Um, and, and I think it's, it's really congested. I don't even think I can narrow it down to the postseason teams with a lot of confidence. Um, I, I would tend to trust, I, I think the Eagles are probably they're the team to beat. They won the Super Bowl. Um, but I would put their chances at, you know, no greater than, you know, 20% with just the amount of quality teams. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Vikings, if it was the Rams, if it was, uh, the Saints, the Packers, the Fal- there's a lot, just a lot of teams that are competitive. Um, I think it's going to come down to whoever uh, can get can get that home field advantage. Maybe the schedule plays a pretty big role in that. Um, the Eagles, I don't think the NFC East is going to be particularly tough this year, but they do have that first place schedule and we're playing the improving AFC South. Uh, so I, I think it'll come down to whoever can get home field, um, and that could be the deciding factor come come the playoffs, looking really far ahead into next January. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so now we are going to talk about 
the baseball season. Not a ton of coverage of baseball on this uh, podcast, but the season starts on Thursday when this will be released. Um, and it should be a, a really good season in baseball. Uh, kind of similar to the NFL, where we're talking about how many really good teams there are. There seems to be a group of really elite baseball teams, maybe a lot more teams that fall into the subpar category, but there's some really good teams out there um, in both leagues, National League and American League. Uh, so just what's what's a team that you're looking at that you think can be really solid this year and might be fun to watch? Uh, I think it's the team that everyone's looking at, which is the Yankees. Uh- um, 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 I mean, getting Gene Carlo. Um, I mean, they have the lineup just going down the lineup. Just who can just everyone can hit a home run. Basically, it seems like. I mean, Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge. Um, you know, Didi. I mean, all these players are just so good. Um, so it'll be exciting to see what they can do. And then even on the pitching staff, um, Luis Severino had a great year last year. If he can replicate that. Um, you know, Sony Gray he didn't have. I don't think he had that great of a year last year. But he's, um, he's, he's solid. Average, and, but he's a solid. You know, he's a solid. And you can't forget um, Tanaka. Tanaka. You know, having those three pitchers, um, if they can perform well, they're going to be a really scary team. Yeah. Another thing about the Yankees that that bullpen of theirs is mm-hmm. absolute fire. The guys, there's like four or five of them. They all throw upper 90s. They're all really good, strike out a ton of batters. Against Yankees, it's kind of like a six-inning game. I mean, not only are they going to slug you to death with their offense, but if you're losing going into that sixth, seventh inning, they're going to shut the door on you with that bullpen. So that's a team that I also think is capable of winning a lot, a lot of baseball games this year, and a little bit different than their you know, prior track record of just buying all their players. They kind of purchased Giancarlo Stanton in that trade, but really a, a pretty fun team, pretty smartly constructed through prospects and rebuilding when they had to, when they tore it down a little bit and traded, uh, you know, Andrew Miller and Chapman to get some of these prospects in um, a couple of years ago. So yeah, they're, they're a fun team and they're going to win a lot of games this year. Yeah. And I think you, you know, spoke well about it. Having that relief pitching, I think come playoff time is going to be especially important. I mean, we've seen the Indians do it. Um, you know, just having those Royals guys, won a world you know, series. Royals literally just having guys, certain pitchers that can go six innings. And if you're up, then it's almost game over. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a great team uh, in the American League. Also, can't forget in the American League, you have the defending champion, Houston Astros, who only got better. Verlander will be there the whole year. They, they traded for Garrett Cole as well. Returning MVP, Jose Altuve, all of their guys are going to have that, that World Series swagger. I would think for a young team like them, more of a swagger than a hangover. So they're going to be really good this year. Cleveland's going to be back really good this year. Uh, and then, of course, the Red Sox, too who brought in J.D. Martinez. They still have Chris Sale. David Price will be coming back healthy. Um, Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts. You know, you go down the list with the Red Sox as well. So the American League, like I was saying at the beginning, a lot of really quality teams at the top should make for a very exciting, uh, you know, push in the regular season to see who's winning the most games. And then once you get into the postseason, could could get some really intriguing matchups. Outside of those top-tier teams in the AL, is there a team that you're looking for that you think could have perhaps have a surprising season or who could have a big progression from last year? I actually think most of the teams that would fit that description are probably in the National League, but I do think the Angels uh, with Mike Trout, they made a couple other moves like signing a Zach Cozart to shore up their infield. Uh, I think the Angels, uh, and they they won 100 games only a couple years ago, Um, so I think they could be a team to watch for. I also think, I don't think this team is going to be there quite yet, but the Chicago White Sox, who have made a lot of those trades to acquire um, some very high-end prospects, whether through a trade with the Nationals, where they got Lucas Giolito, Adam Eaton, among other players 
done with the Red Sox, where they got Yohan Mankata uh, and Michael Kopech for Chris Sale. So they have a lot of very interesting young players um, that, if they start performing well, could be a team to keep your eye on. Yeah, but we have yet to see that strategy actually pan out for them. I mean, we I think last year they're supposed to do at least a little bit better than they did, and they they looked awful. I was able to watch you know, them throughout the season. And they're just, they did not play well as a team. They didn't seem like they wanted to win. They didn't have those intangibles that you need. Um, Yes, they have the talent, but um, just as a whole, they didn't look like that team that was going to win. Yeah, but none of those guys, in my opinion, look like absolute busts. Like, I think their timeline is a little bit, you know, in the future for when they're going to try to compete. So I'm not going to harp on them. Obviously, they've struggled the last several years, put them in the position to acquire all these players. Um, So I'm interested to see if maybe at some point they can kind of, you know, like a Cubs, like an Astros, put things together a year earlier than everyone thinks or a couple years earlier than everyone thinks and start to see that that talent come together and perform well at the big league level. So that's still yet to be seen. I would not expect them to make the playoffs. Um, but outside of those teams we mentioned, I think it's it's going to be pretty hard for someone else to break through. You think the Seattle Mariners um, are definitely a team that that is going to be in the wild card conversation. Um, you know, they'll probably be behind the Astros in their own division, but in the wild card conversation with some pretty good players uh, in their own right. So that's probably another team to look out for uh, to contend for a spot. But let's just shift focus to the National League. Um, obviously, teams in the National League that are really easy to like. You have the Nationals, the Chicago Cubs, Dodgers. and the Dodgers. Yeah, those are your three headlining teams. You also have uh, a couple... The two wildcard teams from last year, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. The Giants should be much improved this year. They went out and got uh, Andrew McCutcheon and Evan Longoria. Unfortunately, Madison Bumgarner will be injured to start the season. He broke his hand in his last spring training start. But which team in the National League uh, is catching your eye as a team that that could, you know, make some noise this season. Yeah, I say it every year, and I and I keep hoping it is the year for the Nationals. Um, but again, I'm gonna say it this year. Um, you know, especially I think Adam Eaton perhaps could have been that missing piece last year. He is back, I believe, fully healthy um, coming into this season. Um, I mean, they have all their team from last year for the most part. I don't think that they lost anyone. Ah, uh, um, no. At least none of the big names. They I lost Jason Worth. Jason Worth. But, 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 like, they, yeah. You know, significant contributions. Yeah. They didn't really lose too many players. Um, so, for me, I think that is the team that could be very scary. Um, again, if they again if they just start playing well, they have always had the, you know, the regular season, um, you know, where they have a lot of wins. But it's just equating that to the postseason. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. Uh, but, for me, it will be interesting to also see if the Dodgers can repeat that success from last year. Um, you know, obviously just an amazing stretch in the second half of the season where they were just winning tons and tons of games. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be it'll be surprising to me if they can if they can do that exactly. Um, I think that a lot of players that perform perhaps over, you know, their their mark and perhaps could regress back to the mean. Um, but again, an, an interesting team to watch. Yeah, don't say that about our guy Chris Taylor went to UVA. <laughs> Nationals also have two UVA guys, two of the best UVA guys, Sean Doolittle and Ryan Zimmerman. I, I do think the Nationals, I'm going to agree with you again. I think you chose the two, the two best storylines. Uh, the Nats team obviously have not made it out of the first round of the playoffs. They've been there three times now, uh, maybe even four um, and they've never been able to get out of the first round. I think it is four times. Um, but, you know, the big looming thing for them is Bryce Harper's a free agent. They were able to re-sign Steven Strasburg, whose free agency would have been this past offseason. Um, but, you know, Mike 
could this be the last real go they have with this kind of talented team? They should still be set up to perform well in the future, even if they lose Bryce Harper. But I mean, you're talking about potentially a generational talent. The guy's still really young. He's won an MVP already, should be really good again this year. So the thing for them is, can they, you know, break through that first round, you know, before Bryce Harper potentially leaves? Um, That's going to be a big thing for them. They've always had the talent to do it, but they run into the same problem every year of, it's really tough to win in the baseball playoffs. You're playing really good teams. Um, you know, as soon as the first round, there's no easy, easy wins. Um, you know, they run up against the defending champion Cubs last year and they, they push it to five games. Um, but no, I mean, it's hard to make it through and they've been an example of that. And, you know, that's kind of become their, their identity now as the team, uh, that's making it, but not winning. Um, so we'll see if they're able to, you know, to break through. Yeah. I think Bryce Harper is definitely having that mindset this season that, I don't know if it's, you know, if they don't win or nothing that he might leave, but I think that they need to show that they can make it past um, that first round and, and they have the talent to make the World Series. And I think Bryce Harper's going to be looking to that. Um, and if they're able to win um, and they can keep Bryce Harper, it'll be interesting to see what other free agency that they can attract. I mean, Machado's uh, a free they, I mean, but they're going to spend so much yeah. money. They, they already, for Strasburg and Scherzer yeah. and then him, they're going to be tied up. But. You know, they their owners. I think um, the owners, the Lerner family, they they might be the richest owners in all of baseball yeah. in, in terms of net worth. So maybe that comes in. They might be getting a better TV contract as well that will help them sign some players. Um, they've been in legal dispute with the Orioles about that. But yeah, I think that's the storyline in the National League is tracking Bryce Harper in the Nationals and seeing if they if they can break through this year. All right, so let's go real quick here. What's your World Series prediction? Who's winning against who? Um, I'm going to pick the Dodgers are coming back, um, getting to the World Series. Um, I think in the AL that the Yankees are going to perform this year. I think that they're going to make the World Series as well. Um, I think the Dodgers are going to win. I think they're going to get their vengeance. That'd be, that'd be a heck of a World Series. I think Fox would love that one yeah. because uh, throwback to the 1950s where those two teams were playing all the time. And probably some of the two of the biggest fan bases. Right, yeah, baseball. for sure, for sure. I'll, I'll go with uh, the team we were talking about. Uh, I've been picking them a lot recently. <laughs> I mean, they're the hometown team for us. Uh, I'll pick the Nationals to beat the Astros in the World Series. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing anything there, but that would be a heck of a series. I think the Astros get back uh, more improved. Wouldn't be shocked if it's the Indians or the Yankees. Wouldn't be shocked if it's the Cubs or the Dodgers, but I'll go Nationals over Astros. A lot of good choices there. All right, now we're going to move into our hypothetical question for today. Um, the general idea is what constitutes a successful season in sports. If you want to think of a recent example, think about the University of Virginia basketball where not, you know, they had one of the best regular seasons in, you know, arguably recent college basketball history, winning the toughest conference, the ACC, by, you know, four games and then winning the ACC tournament, but coupled with one of the worst losses in postseason history in all of sports. Uh, So it really got us thinking, you know, is that what you would consider a successful season? And then broadening it out a little bit more, what makes a successful season in any in any type of sports league? Is it that really good regular season? Or is it that, you know, sneak into the playoffs? Obviously, winning a couple playoff series, if you win the tournament or the title, it's obviously going to be a really great season no matter what. But, you know, in your opinion, um, what do you think is, is the headlining piece if you throw out winning a championship of a successful season, would you rather see that regular season dominance or would you rather see that, that postseason success? Um, I think it varies across sports. I don't think that college basketball, NFL, and NBA are all under the same umbrella. Um, speaking of college basketball though, particularly, um, I think it is 
I, th I think it's equal. I mean, in terms of importance, um, I think, you know, getting, to, you know, winning all this, obviously the big dance is um, really impressive. But again, there's so much, not so much luck, but there there's a lot of luck and, and there's not, um, you know, there's not a lot of room for error, right? It's just one loss and you're out. It's not like some of these other series where, um, you know, usually the better team wins, um, you know, most of the time. Um, but for this in college basketball, I think regular season is, you know, very important because every team's playing hard every single game. Um, they do the rankings. To have that, yeah, and to, especially for UVA to have that dominance in the regular season, have that dominance in the ACC, um, for me, was just truly impressive. And if we're doing, like, a comparison to them versus a, let's say, if Michigan lost in, like, the Final Four. Yeah, or, I, you know, even, like, Loyola. I mean, you yeah. take a team like Loyola. I mean, Final, like Fours, Loyola, yeah. Final Four is a big, a big you know, accomplishment. It is. But think of, like, uh, you know, your Elite Eight team, like Texas Tech, who is obviously worse than UVA throughout the entire season, didn't win their conference tournament, um, made it to the Elite Eight. Like, I think... That's a legitimate question: Is which season would you rather had? Yeah, and I think I think all the time I would take UVA season just because right they were able to do it over so many games. It wasn't just three or four games that they're able to have like a little bit of success. Um, again, a bunch of problems. Um, I mean, it is it is you know signifying that they're not able to win in the tournament, um, and it seems year after year, um, which is very disappointing. And I think when you have that career mark, um, you know, people do look to those championships and they don't have them um, and they've never made it that far. Um, so that is always a knack, but I just think college basketball, regular season and um, the ACC tournament is extremely important. Yeah, I, I think you you mentioned that the it's a different umbrella for the NFL and NBA versus college basketball. I don't know if, I think I have some thoughts on this, but do you want to elaborate on what you mean? So, like, in what way would the NFL be different in terms of a successful season? So, like, if you were, say, you know, a 14-2 and two regular season in the NFL, you know, better than the average best season, you know, usually you have 13-3 and three is the best record, um, but you lose in the first round. Is that a successful season? No, no. it isn't. Okay, it isn't. but why do you think that? Because I just think it's different. Um, I mean, the NFL, right? You only have to win, um, you know, three games to get to the. Or win, I guess it depends if you get the wild card. You, right? It's only, or I'm sorry, get the bye, then you only win two games to get to the um, Super Bowl. Um, so it's a lot different than than March Madness. I think usually what we see in NFC is that always, not always, but most of the time, the better teams win, and we just don't really see that in March Madness. Um, so I think it just it, it better resembles who gets to the Super Bowl um, and who can win that term or that you know the championship. Um, better signifies like the best team and like a successful season for me. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I mean, but you know, you think about it uh, in the NFL. Like, I think if you were, you know, thirteen and three, fourteen and two, get that first round by home field advantage, and you get you know knocked out in the the first round, you play divisional round or in the championship game. Like, yeah, it's very disappointing. Um, but you know, you're really hoping that that arrow was trending upward. But if it's not, you know, you think about an interesting example that comes to mind right now is the Cowboys. Uh, obviously. Um, just last year or two years ago when they had Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott were rookies, 13-3, and three, you go to the postseason, and you know my initial thought for them is like, wow, this is a very good team, um, but there's nothing guaranteed in the future. Didn't know if I was sold on Dak. Uh, you know, if you looked at their roster, you knew there was going to be a lot of turnover there. Went in saying, okay, there's no guarantees that this team is ever going to get a 13-3 and three record again and, and get that first round bye again. Um, and they lose. And you look at last year, they missed the playoffs. This year, we've mentioned all the great NFC teams might miss it again. So I think, yeah, you could say that it was a great season for them, but is the arrow trending upward? You don't know. And it's kind of a failure at that point. And then moving forward to basketball, 
like the Raptors would be an example that comes to mind, or all these teams that have gotten the one seed in the East and have lost to LeBron subsequently, like the Hawks or the Celtics last year, um, the Raptors previously. Um, I think are, the NBA is just completely different. Just yeah, it's, it's regular, all about the regular postseason. season. Doesn't matter at all. It's all about I mean, the postseason. LeBron yeah. could get you know a fifth seed. It doesn't really matter if he wins the championship. That's you know extremely right. impressive, right? That's a very or just season. getting to the championship. Or just getting to the championship. I don't think yeah. I don't think there's a single person right now that would think that if the Cavs made it to the finals, that they did not have a better season than the Raptors or the Celtics yeah. or whoever beats them in the regular season. So, cause that, that really in basketball, there's really a much more relaxing for, you know, there's much more relaxed nature of the regular season where in college basketball or even the NFL, where the regular season is not very relaxed and the best teams are going to end up with the best records and the highest rankings generally. But in basketball, it's just not like that. And the teams that are the best teams, they're going to show up in the postseason because that's when it matters. Yeah, going back to football, the example that you know comes to mind is like uh, Patriots versus the Giants in the Super Bowl, right? The Giants come in as a wild card. Patriots come in as undefeated. Right. You know, going seven, in. Was that yeah. the year that the Giants were the wild card? Yes, that it was, was the year. because they um, they played Dallas the second round, who won the division. So okay. they had to have been a while. I think the next the next one they won, they were division champ. You know, for me, looking back at that, um, you know, NFL season, I would personally say that the Giants had a more successful season overall. Even though they didn't have that regular season, they won the Super Bowl. And yeah, they what they probably went eight and eight or nine and seven to make the ten wild and card. six, nine and seven. Yeah, yeah, they didn't go undefeated, but them winning that Super Bowl. Um, I just think that put that mark, for me at least, puts that mark for on them of ha- have having a more successful season. I think that might be one of the more interesting debates. on. Obviously, if you're the Patriots, you don't want to be the team that loses the undefeated season in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, it's hard for me to even revisionist history and go back and say, wow, the Giants, you know, were really had a better season than the Patriots. Obviously, the end result for the Giants was really good, winning the Super Bowl against an undefeated team. But that's all-inclusive. But it is, but it's also like 90% of the time the Patriots win that Super Bowl that year. But that's but what makes that season particularly so great for the Giants and what's so remarkable. And for me, that's why they have the most success. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a fair question. Um, I don't know, Will, if you want to hop in here, but you know, the Giants sneaking into the playoffs, upsetting a couple teams, and then pulling off the ultimate upset. Obviously, it's an amazing accomplishment for them. But really, was it a fantastic season? You know, it's more like, and you can say this about the Ravens too, when they won uh, with Joe Flacco, is just got hot at the right time. Like, throughout the whole season, were they the best team? They weren't the best team except for one week, or, you know, it yeah, wasn't. But I'm, not, I'm not saying it was a very pretty season. Like, they, you know, they had the biggest talent, or they, you know, they had the best team in the regular season. But looking back at it as a whole, you know, I think the question is, right, you know, who had the more successful season? And in my mind, that's the Giants. It might not have been pretty, you know, right? They didn't. They well, didn't I think it. Giants fans look back on that season more fondly than the Patriots fans yeah. do, if that's any barometer. Yeah. Um, but I do think the college basketball example is a great one, where it's like, would you rather be number one for half the season, win your conference regular season by a record-breaking amount, win your conference tournament, but also suffer a very embarrassing upset, or would you rather be like a pretty good team that's not very, you know, descript in their accolades, but make it to the Elite Eight? You know, I think that's a fair question. I think in the long run, you would probably take give me the one seed and the the number one because in the long run, those teams are generally going to, you know, perform better in the postseason and you're ultimately going to reach the final four and win those championships. Um, So that matters. But, you know, when you're the team that does get bounced early, like that's that's a really bad taste that it leaves in the mouths of every fan of that team. Yeah, for me, March Madness, it just because it has so much volatility and in the final four in the elite late, you don't see all the best teams. 
Um, and for me, that's why it's not you know indicative of having a successful season. Yeah. Are you telling me Loyola is not one of the best teams? I, I don't think so. I, don't I, think I would so. say Kansas State not, level, but because you play that back, I think you know a hundred times. I don't think that they're getting there. You know, in ninety percent of them, that's that fair. Yeah. That's fair. And no, just look at their talent level. Obviously, they're playing amazing right now. Um, you know, they're playing extremely well as a team. But I just think all in all, looking at you know the collection of teams in March Madness. Um, they don't rank on that upper tier of talent level. Yeah, and one last point before we wrap, uh, wrap it up. But, you know, we talked about, you know, baseball, basketball, football. I think in ba- uh, are we talking about college basketball and football and NBA. I think baseball is a good one to look at where the Nationals have had a lot of successful regular seasons where they've won a lot of games. They've been had the best record uh, at least once, if not a couple times. Never gotten through that first round. Obviously, they keep putting themselves in a position to get through that first round and have home field advantage in the, in the NLCS, um, but haven't broken through. And I think... You know, those are great seasons, and they're giving themselves that opportunity. And if you think baseball is, you know, kind of random when it comes to the postseason and it's kind of whoever's getting hot, the more opportunities you give yourself, you know, eventually you're going to break through would be the idea. But at the same time, you know, how many Nationals fans at this point would consider it a successful season for them to make it to the NLDS and lose? Probably none. Yeah. I think a lot of Nationals fans would much rather take the Kansas City route or one of those wildcard team routes that, you know, perhaps hasn't doesn't have this great regular season but can turn on the postseason and win that national title, um, you know, World Series. I think that's, um, you know, the most indicative. Yeah, and, and I think it's a shifting scale, too. I think, um, you know, if you're the Nationals the first year that they made the, the playoffs, uh, 2012, you know, they lost to the Cardinals, who was a wild card team in the first round. Most people would have said, wow, we were here ahead of schedule. Like, that mm-hmm. was a successful season. Um, but, you know, now you've lost four times in the NLDS. At that point, it's not really successful. Mm-hmm. You're not feeling that success anymore. You're like, we need to move on. Yeah, similar with UVA, right? You know, right. Have, you know, had this the first time success. you get the one seed, yeah. right? You're feeling good. Okay, we lost to Michigan State, who is a great four seed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're only going to get better <laughs> from here. By the time you're the one seed for the third time and you fail to make a Final Four, you fail to win a single game, it's like, well, okay, well, we did a lot of great things, but we did not. You know, the ultimate thing that matters the most, we failed at. These so. are expectations of the national title. Right, so I think that is a shifting scale, and that also makes it changes the, the definition there. All right, so that will wrap it up for us this week. We'll be back next week talking about, you know, NCAA championship, first week of baseball season, but thanks for listening. Thank you, guys.